Vision is what you have not yet become, but what you know you can be. So we have to lead and live lives with vision. Vision is paramount to the life of the believer. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let me just tell you something right now. It does not take any faith to remain where you are. It doesn't take any faith to stay where you are. It doesn't take any faith for our church to be here. Faith is not applied to what you have. Faith is applied to what you haven't. I'll say that again. Faith is not applied to what you have. Faith is applied to what you haven't. And all of us have and need to have a focus on what we have not yet. Not with an not with an abandonment of what we have now, but being faithful with what we have now with an expectation of what we will have next. It was so cool because this morning I was talking, I'm just going to call his name out. I was talking with Matt Lemieux back here, one of our ushers, faithfully serving him and his wife and their entire family, just a blessing to this church. And I was talking with him this morning. He just recently had a job change. And we were, the whole time we were having the conversation, I was thinking, you're preaching my message to me right now. You could get up here and do this. Uh, and he probably wouldn't feel that confident, but I can tell you, if he said everything that uh, uh, he told me earlier, he would be preaching my message today. He was telling me, you know, he, he's just, he's, he's retired from the military. And he, he made this statement, he said, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, with all the skill and all the experience that I have, why I'm not doing something different. And somebody asked him recently, you know, what would be your dream job? Dream job? And he said, well, I, I did that. I was in the military, retired military. What's the next thing that God has? But he said this. He said, I've learned. I've always said, if you'll be faithful with little, with little you'll be faithful with more. Right. That's what we always say. He said this. He said, but I've learned that if I'll be faithful with the small things. I will be given better things, better things, greater things. You know, God's trying to move you to greater. God's trying to move you to better. God's trying to move you from where you are today to the next season. But the thing is, is so many times we get so focused on what's next that we miss out on what we have now. I, I, I see people do this all the time. I just, I want this promotion, you know, and I just believe this promotion is for me. But they show up late to the job they have now. Could it be that the position you're in now and the situation you're in now, could it be that it's setting you up for the next thing? That's what Matt said. He said that he's, he's, he's in more of a, I guess, a sales type job right now that's got commission based to it. And he said, you know, I don't want to be in sales. This isn't my call, but maybe I'm learning how to be a better communicator in this season. Could it be that the, 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 the picture is bigger than just fulfilling a task or an assignment? Could it be that maybe God's trying to do something in you rather than what he's doing around you? And this is what vision will call. And, and I told that, I said, you, you, that, that's the perspective you have to have. Perspective doesn't change the situation, it changes you. And I think most of the time, I truly believe that most of the time, God isn't so much concerned with what's going on around us as he is what's going on within us. And perspective is internal. Nobody can choose your perspective for you. That's up to you. 
And I can have two people with the same identical situation and they have two different perspectives and they will receive two different outcomes. Because it's your perspective, not your position, that determines your outcome. Your perspective determines your result. It's how you look at it. It's not what you see, but it's how you see it. It's not what you hear, but it's how you hear it. It's not what you have, but it's how you do what you do with what you have. That's how somebody with far less can do more with someone that has far more. Far more. Resource doesn't determine result. Perspective does. And so vision is a perspective. Vision is a perspective that shows us what is to come. And vision is a perspective of what has not yet happened. And vision is a picture, a view, a lens, if you will, that God demands that we live with. Last week, we talked about Joseph. We talked about how Joseph had a small role, but a big vision, a big dream given to him by God, because those are the kind of dreams you want. You want God-given dreams, not man-given dreams, not heart-driven dreams. Well, this is something I've always wanted to do. Is it what God has wanted you to do? Because that's the only thing you'll really be successful in. We recognize that Joseph started small, but here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with starting small, but there is everything wrong with staying small. Come on. There is nothing wrong with starting small, but there is everything wrong with staying small. People ask me all the time, well, you know, how, how big do you want the church to get? And I have people that want to keep the church small, and I have, the people, I have people that want to get the church big. You just got to be satisfied with where God has you right now. But the thing is, is I don't put limits or parameters or boxes on what God wants to do. You can't do that. Because God knows how to take a shepherd boy and get him to a palace. God knows how to get you out of the pit and get you out of prison. And move you to a palace. And probably something that, that we would, would, would never dream of. Something that we would never be able to see if it wasn't for God. And we said this last week. If your vision for your life is doable or obtainable, it's probably not from God. Because God wants to move some people in this room into a palace. And your life may be a pit. You might feel like you're in a pit. Like Joseph, you might feel like you're imprisoned in chains. How in the world do you fulfill a dream that God has for you when you are behind bars, restricted, being told what to do, not telling others what to do? So this is God does not determine your vision, your future, your 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 uh, uh, dream based upon your current situation. Thank God for that. Thank God that my past doesn't dictate my future. Thank God. It's there. Can't go back and change it. And as I told you last week, why would you? Because if you could change anything, sometimes it would change everything. If I went back and even changed the bad stuff that happened, it would alter where I'm at today. Because maybe I learned something from the bad thing. Maybe that situation put me in a position where I needed to learn to trust on God because I was getting too comfortable with my stuff. Maybe the, the situation, the struggle, the challenge wasn't there to stop me. It was there to grow me. 
You go in a you go in a gym and you go to work out or you find someone that's serious about working out. They welcome the challenge. Put more weight on there. Help me through this struggle because it's the only way I'm going to grow. And I'm not in here wasting my time trying to just do something to get something by. Oh, yeah, I did my little workout today. No, I'm in here to grow. I'm in here to challenge myself. I'm in here to put more on than I believe that I can do. And with the help and the grace of God, I will see it accomplished. That's visionaries. That's, and that, this is the thing about vision. This is the thing about visionaries and leaders. You're not just born with it. It's not some skill that you, that you, that you uh, just have. It's not a disposition. Every single person in this room has the ability to live with vision and ought to. Everybody. Nobody is excluded. Isn't it interesting that our vision gets smaller the older we get? I'm talking by the time you turn 18. We've already reduced our vision so small. Because you can ask a three-year-old what they want to be, and they'll list off a whole, not just one thing, president, ninja, uh, drummer, uh, musician, uh, lawyer. Uh, they'll, they'll find every occupation that, attracts, that they're attracted to, and they'll list them, and they believe they can do them all. It's the older that we get that we start to dumb it down and reduce it. By the time we graduate high school, we're stuck just letting the world tell us what to do. <laughs> because the enemy knows that he can conquer people with no vision. You know that he will conquer people that are full of the word but have no vision of where they're going. He will. Without vision... Bible tells us people cast off restraint. That means you don't live with limits. You don't live with restrictions. Vision will give you restrictions, not, not to bind you and to keep you in place, but to actually allow you to thrive and flourish because people with vision don't do things that people do with no vision. People with vision are restricted in what they eat. They are restricted in how much sleep they get. They're restricted in, in what they do with their life. They're restricted in who they talk to. They're restricted on Facebook and they're restricted on uh, social media. They're restricted on how much news they let in. They're restricted in, 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 in all different areas and facets of life because they have a vision. I'm going somewhere and I'm not going to get there with this. And the more vision you get, the more restraint that shows up. Here in Acts chapter 16, I love talking about vision. I love preaching about vision and the vision of our church to ignite, to impact, influence. And we've come a long ways. Those of you that have been here from the beginning, been here from the services in a 2,000 square foot room with more people on stage than there were in the audience. Every church has that story. Nothing wrong with starting small. Nothing wrong with doing church and not actually having a worship team. Just repeating the same four songs every other week off of a computer with words on a screen and sounded good. But isn't it amazing to have this worship team up here anointed, skilled, not not just playing an instrument. Anybody can do that, but up here leading you into the throne room of God. Being able to flow and go wherever the Holy Spirit would take us like they did today. That's, that's what we want to grow to. That's what we want to get to. In Acts chapter 
16. I want to start with verse 6. Paul is on a journey. Paul is ministering. He's well into his ministry at this point. Traveling to different regions, different cities, different nations. Spreading the gospel. Doing his thing that he did. Establishing the early church. And in verse 6 it says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to what? To preach the word in Asia. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. A key factor, there's a reason why a lot of believers don't live with vision, is because they're not spirit-led. To walk out and live the vision that God has for us, you must be led by the Spirit. Everybody's led by something. And what you are led by determines where you are led to. What you are led by determines where you end up. What you are led by determines the results you get, the outcomes that you have. And here they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word of God. It's interesting to me that the Holy Spirit would forbid them, keep them from preaching. Most of us could easily listen to the Holy Spirit when he told us to do when he told us not to do something bad. But how many of us would listen to the Holy Spirit so closely that we would know when he tells us not to do something good? This is this is the sensitivity because anybody would. Oh, that's the enemy trying to stop us from. preaching. We're going in even harder now. We're going after and then most people would say the devil is trying to and start rebuking them and start casting them out and, and all these different things. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you not to do something good because the Holy Spirit wants to tell you to do something from God. And the greatest attack and the greatest lie and the greatest deception in these last days is the fact that people will accept good over God. I'm talking about a, a driving force and a, a, a leadership of the Holy Spirit so well and, and so sensitive to that we can even discern not just between good and evil, but between good and God. Because not everything that seems good is good and not everything that is good is God. The Bible even tells us that in the last days we'll call evil good and we'll call good evil. So right here we're seeing uh, that, that they're out fulfilling the vision and the mission and the work of God. They are trailblazers. Paul and his group, his team, they're going into nations where, where the gospel hasn't been preached. Uh, you'll see they're getting ready to go into a nation that doesn't even have very many Jewish people. They had to go find a place to pray because there he wasn't even a synagogue. Jewish custom was that if there were at least 10 men in a city, there was a synagogue. And where God takes them, there is no synagogue. That means that we don't even have 10. We have very few believers. So they're trailblazing. And when you are following the Holy Spirit, when you are following God, he will take you places where no one else has ever been. And you won't be able to consult a book. You won't be able to go to a leadership conference. You won't be able to, to, to listen to a panel of people. There is, I, I thank God for all the resources that are available to us as pastors and ministers and all the things that we could run to and, and that we could seek God out. But here's the thing. They cannot be a replacement. They can only be a supplement. 
Because when I walk away from that conference, that conference, I will have to ask the Holy Spirit. Now, what are we doing? Are we implementing that or are we not? Could it be that God is trying to raise up voices, not just echoes? Could it be that God wants me to be a voice leading a generation and leading this community and leading this city? Could it be that God wants this church in this town to be a voice, not just an echo of what somebody else is doing? Quit looking at what everybody else is doing. Quit asking how they started their business and how they did that and how they did this and and how they found this out. Maybe God wants to show you something that's just for you. That's what we need in this day and age is we need voices, not echoes. People that just chime in with with the the general public and the the culture, uh, uh, even with all the tensions that we have in our country. I'm listening to see who is going to be a voice and rise up and speak against, go against the flow, go against or who's just chiming in with everybody else. Because, man, you can sound pretty good just repeating what somebody else said, but you sound even better when you say something that only God said. And I can choose to repeat people or I can choose to repeat God. It's called agreement. It's called confession. See, when God talks about confession in the Bible, uh, he's talking about agreeing with what he's already said. You can't say anything that God wants you to say that he hasn't already said. So it's just you simply coming into alignment and agreement with what God already said. So he's moving. He's moving Paul and his group or they're moving. Because vision usually comes to people that are already doing something. Even if you're doing the wrong thing. Can I say that? Paul used to be Saul. Saul was vigilant and Saul was zealous and Saul had a passion for murdering Christians. God can use any passion for his purpose. He's just looking, are you, are you passionate? Some of the most passionate, evil people that we see in the world are some of the people God's looking for. At least they're doing something. Because vision doesn't come to lazy people. Vision comes in the sheep pasture. Vision comes when you're just doing the common Vision shows up. Vision doesn't come in prayer closets. Vision comes in office cubicles. Vision comes in mechanic shops. Vision comes at home when you're raising your children and you feel like I don't really have any purpose and I should be out doing something. That's when vision shows up. Vision comes when you're doing the common. Obscure. Nobody sees it. And every now and then God will send a lion, God will send a bear, not to take you out, but to grow you and to challenge you so that when you end up before the giant, you can look back and say, Man, I took out a bear. I took out a lion. Bring on the giant. Bring on the challenge. Bring on the whole nation. God was with me then. I know he's going to be with me now. And so they're doing something They're Ministering, the verse prior to this said that the churches were strengthened in their faith and were increasing daily. That means they're doing something. That doesn't happen on accident. So vision starts by doing something. 
But now the Holy Spirit's speaking up. God's directing them. And we have to recognize that if you want to be led with vision, you've got to learn to follow. You've got to learn to be sensitive. You've got to learn to listen. You've got to learn to respond. You've got to learn uh, to, to take the opportunities that come. So many of us will miss things that God wants to do because we're looking for something else. And you've got to learn to be led. You know, some, some people just can't be led. You know, some animals can't be led. That's why I don't like cats. You don't lead cats to do nothing. But man, my dog, when I was growing up, sit, stay, roll over. Easy. Cats ain't doing that. Look at you crazy. Scratch your face and run away. That's the opposite. I said, play dead. You just killed me. Yeah, not everything follows and you've got to learn, be trained to be led by the spirit. You are trained. There's training involved. That's why not a lot of people like to get to that point, because you've got to train yourself to be sensitive to the spirit. You've got to listen. And one of the biggest components of being trained to be led by the Spirit is doing what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Every time you override the Holy Spirit and don't do what he tells you to do, you make it harder to hear him the next time. Yeah, that's true. So obey him when he says, pay for the person's groceries behind you. Because when the time comes and he says, I want you to launch this business, and I can do more in your finances than you ever thought you could do on your own, you're going to have to be able to hear that. It starts by listening. Receiving vision begins by learning to follow. So if we don't practice being led by the Spirit, see, we all want to we all want to obey the Holy Spirit when He gives us the big assignment, but we don't want to obey when He gives us the small one. But it's the training and the practicing with the small ones that gets you to the point to be able to listen for the big one. I mean, if you don't practice. You don't play in the championship game. Oh, hey, coach, we made it to the Super Bowl. I'm here. What, what, what do you want me to do? Where you been all year? We've had 16 games that got us to this point. We had uh, preseason practices going on before that. We had camps and tryouts. You weren't at any of that. Yeah, but I'm, at, I'm here for the big game. I have no idea what you could do in the big game because you didn't show up in any game. Just get in the game and then watch what God will do. Just get in the game. Practice. And we recognize that just because it seems good doesn't mean it's God. Many times God's purposes will conflict with our plans. Many times God's purpose, talking about living with vision. Vision is not about getting your way. It's about getting God's way. (laughs) So many times our vision only merely aligns with what we want to do or what we feel comfortable with, or what we think we can take on, or what we think we can't. But God wants to supersede. He wants to go beyond anything you think your capabilities are. He wants to go beyond your capacity. He wants to even go beyond your comfortability, beyond what you're comfortable with, beyond what you feel like you can do. But you don't get God's purpose if you are maintaining your plans. Many are the plans in a man's heart, Proverbs tells us. But it's the Lord's purpose. I said it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. 
And my goal in being led and living a vision life, being led by the Spirit, is to align my plans with his purpose. Aligning my plans with his purpose. Verse 7, after they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit did not permit them. The Spirit did not permit them. Why? Because before they were going to give a word, they needed to get a word. Maybe God's trying to get something in you before you get in a position to give something away. Now, look, here's the thing. You've got to be in a position where God can use you. And how you get there? By doing something. There are people that just sit around. God, give me a word. He's not going to give you a word because he doesn't believe he can get it through you. He only believes he can get it to you. Okay, you didn't like that one. We'll move on to the next one. Golly. I said sometimes he won't give it to you. Because he knows it will stop with you. If he knows he can get it through you, he'll have no problem getting it to you. Some of you are waiting for a financial blessing, but he's saying, I don't think it's going to go any further than you. You're not going to be blessed to be a blessing. You just want your house paid off. You just want your car note taken care of. You just want gas in your vehicle. But you're not going to do anything to get it through you. I'm not going to get it to you until I know I can get it through you. You want healing in your body, but you haven't prayed over anybody else to get healed. Come on now. Are we in this world for ourselves or are we in this world to get our way or his way? Changes my perspective. Because many times God, when you take care of his stuff, he will take care of your stuff. You sure will. We're a product of that. Pastor Brian and Cheyenne are a product of that. I know that for sure. Pastor Caleb and Crystal are. I'm talking about people that I know for a fact. Van and Julie Murphy. Seek first the kingdom and all things, everything that you have been, uh, the world is searching for will come running you down. Sometimes we get so busy looking for the things that are supposed to be looking for us. Finance is trying to find you, but you keep running around trying to find it. Peace is trying to find you, but you keep running around trying to find it. Joy is trying to find you, but you keep running around trying to find joy. From one relationship to the next, and from one status to the next, and from one post to the next, and from one conversation to the next. And he's saying, I've got your joy. If you'll help get joy in somebody else, I'll get the joy in you. These are principles, and they work. You can't break God's system. Give and it shall be given unto you. And I can get it to you, he says, better than you can give it away. You gave away a 20, I'll give you 200. Come on, has anybody served that God? Am I the only one in this room that believes that God can move when I give, when I sow, when I let him work through me, that he's going to get it to me? That's vision. You said this earlier that what you are led by determines where you are led to. Where you end up is if you if you want to know how you got where you're at, 
Just play follow the leader. Did you let your emotions get you there? Did you let your finance get you there? Matt said that. He told me that. He said, when I let money be the leader, I make terrible decisions. And y'all can let him sit there all by himself like he's the only one that's ever made a terrible decision because you let money make the decision for you. You let your emotions make the decision for you. You let other people make the decisions for you. You let your comfort make the decision for you. I don't like getting up that early. must not be from God. You can't get up earlier than God. Come on. It's amazing the things that we say no to and yes to, the things that we consult before we make a decision. Don't consult your emotions to make a decision. Doctor gives you a bad report. Okay, are we supposed to be sad about this? Well, now I'm just angry. No, no, no. You tell your emotions. I'm going to be led by joy today. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm the healed of the Lord. He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from all my disease. I don't care what the doctor said. I've got the report, but I've got a greater report, a better report. I've got a report that I am healed before you gave me that report. I already had another report. Don't consult your emotions. Don't consult other people. Because what you are led by determines where you are led to. Does the Holy Spirit have the ability, the permission to override your plans? Does he? Or are your plans king? Are your plans more important than what the Holy Spirit says? Are your plans shadowing you in, in, in putting a lens that you can't even see what the Holy Spirit is trying to say because you're so engaged and so involved in how you would do it or what you want to do? Obviously, God and the Holy Spirit want Paul and his team to go preach the gospel. Obviously. But it's not what, it's how, it's where, it's why. There's other questions that God wants to answer. When? It's not that God doesn't want you to go and start that ministry, but now's not the time. When? It's not that God doesn't want you to be in that relationship. Of course he wants you married. Of course he doesn't want you. So if that's a desire of your heart, then, then follow the, the desire. God gives you the desires of your heart. But with God's desires comes his instructions. And many times we take the desires that God gives us and we do it our way. No, God. God wants to be the leader through it all. Verse 8. So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. I wonder what we will have to pass by to get what God wants. Sometimes you have to pass by what you want to get to what he wants. Sometimes you'll have to walk right on by opportunities. Sometimes you have to walk right on by people. 
Sometimes you'll have to walk right on by opportunities to focus on the negative and to believe in the positive. What is it that you have to pass by to get to where God wants you to be? Because, see, everything you pass by could be a distraction. This is why vision is important. People without vision, they don't pass by anything. They stop at every little. Ask my wife. I don't like to stop on the way. Get me to where I'm going. Camden in the back. See, I've got to go to the bathroom. Where's the Benadryl? Put him to sleep. You don't have to go to the bathroom when you're going to sleep. And I'll be honest with you, I've never even had that altercation because Camden was born into it. He just knows we don't stop. We don't. I'm not kidding you. Where's my youth at? You're lucky. Virginia required me to stop for gas. I'll be dead honest with you. When I, when I drove out to St. Augustine, Florida from Fort Worth, Texas, 21 years old, just turned 21 years old, in a little red Chevy S10 pickup truck that did not, it was of the devil, it did not have cruise control. My dad didn't care. He's in the lead car in front of me. We didn't stop for nothing. We stopped for gas. We stopped at Waffle House for breakfast. We stopped at a Carl's Jr. Because we didn't even have Carl's Jr. where I come from. That was the new Florida thing for me. I don't know, know if y'all... Do we have Carl's Jr. here? I think we do. It must be an East East thing. You have Hardee's. Hardee's and Carl's Jr. are the same exact thing. So, so Carl's Jr. shows up. And we stopped there for lunch. And that's it. That is, that is... We didn't stop to stretch. We didn't stop uh, just to go to the bathroom. We went to the bathroom on the other stops. You multitask. You get it all done at the same time so we don't have to stop in five minutes. We just got on the interstate. We ain't pulling back off. Think of it all. I need Sour Patch Kids. I need Dr. Pepper. I need to go to the bathroom. That's it. Fuel for me and fuel for the truck. But so many times we get... Distracted, we stop at every little thing when God's trying to get us to the greater thing. So I wonder, what would we have to pass by to get to where God wants us to be? And guys, the things that we're willing to give up a lot of times reveal where you're going. They reveal what your values are. People that indulge himself on every little thing, they, they don't have value for the end game. So sometimes the things that you are passing up reveals that you really have value for where God's trying to take you. Verse 9. And a vision appeared. Now, this isn't always how visions take place. So I don't want everybody walking out of here and going home and getting in your bedroom and believing for a physical vision. God will do that. In fact, he said in the end, in the last days, there will be those that have visions. There will be those that dream. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will receive visions. Visions are from God. But there's also a vision for life that God wants us to live with. And he says in verse 9, and a vision Appears. So you notice all these things have to be working together. You've got to hear the Holy Spirit when he tells you to do or not to do something. Well, first, you've got to be busy doing something. That's where you've got to start. Number one, do something. 
I don't know what God wants me to do. What are you doing right now? Well, I'm just working at a job. Okay, then you do that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just working in Nautilus right now. Well, first off, you're not just working in Nautilus. Speaking of that, we have a Nautilus team meeting right here in this room, immediately following this service for the little plug, and I'll be there. I'll be speaking. So I'll know who's here and who's not. That's not why you need to come. You need to come because you're in line with the vision and you want to hear what God is speaking and what God is showing us the direction that we're going so we can all get there together. Vision is a team thing. And that's why this Friday, for another little plug, we're going to have our Elevate team night. This is working out perfect. Friday night, Elevate team night with Tony Cook. He'll be right here in this room, in this place. And if you are a part of this church in any capacity, you give, you serve, you attend, you're a blessing to this church, be here. Friday night, you can register online. You can whip out your phone right now. I would allow you to do so. And you can register online right now. You got the graphic? Put the graphic up there. It's up there. I'm dead serious. Because some of y'all want to surprise us. We didn't even know you were coming. And we've got to buy a meal and plan to take care of your kids. You need to register by today. You got a phone? Go. Anchorfaithvaldosta.churchcenter.com And anybody that's listening to this online that was not in service today, you can go to the same website address and you can register right now. Stop. Go. Hit pause. I said hit pause. You're still listening. I said hit pause. Flip over to the screen on your phone that allows you to register online. We'll wait for you. Hallelujah. So number one, you got to be doing something. Number two, when the Holy Spirit speaks, don't uh, override his purpose with your plans. Number three, you have to be willing to pass up some things. I'm making this up on the fly. It's not even in my notes. Number three, you have to be willing to pass by some things. Pass by what you want to get to what God wants. In verse nine, the vision comes. The vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, see, if he was too busy doing his thing, he wouldn't have been able to stop and hear what God wanted to do. Sometimes we get too busy doing our stuff that we're not even in tune with God's stuff. But God has a vision. God has a plan for your life and he wants to show it to you. Verse 10. Now, after he had seen the vision, what do I do, Pastor Mark, after I see the vision, after I get the vision, after God shows me immediately? That's the word. No, I know you're disappointed because I'm supposed to tell you exactly, precisely what to do. It doesn't matter what the next step is if you don't do it immediately. If you sit on it, wondering if that was God, immediately, immediately get up, immediately go do, immediately act upon what God shows you. Well, he didn't really show me a lot. He just said go, but he didn't tell me where. Then go immediately. Many times we are sitting around waiting for God to show us the next thing when he's, he's waiting on us to do the now thing. Abraham, go. Where? To a land that I'll show you. But I can't show you if you're not going. There's no showing 
if there's no going. So he says, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach. What's the conclusion? That God's calling me. That God needs me. How many of you in this room believe that God needs you? God needs you. There's three people, four people, five. Okay, great. I see that five more minutes. Okay, I got five more minutes. Five times every hand. So five, ten, fifteen. Okay. That's an old one. That's, it's still a good one, though. I like it. Your quickness to respond can limit or increase your ability to hear. Your quickness to respond can limit or increase your ability to hear. What you do this time affects what you hear next time. Many of us get into a a place where we feel like, God, you're just not speaking. There's, There's a distance. There's a disconnect. There's a... I want the vision. I want to, I want to do. But, but he's saying, but you haven't done the last thing. Worship team, if you come. You haven't done the last thing. Quickly respond. Quickly give when he says to give. Quickly pray for someone when he says to pray for someone. Oh, we're quick to ask God to do something for us. But are we just as quick to ask God to do something through us? A life of vision. A life led by the Spirit. It's not just for certain people. Please hear me today. I don't know your level of exposure with Spirit-led churches and People that rely and depend on the Holy Spirit. He's not just there for show. He's not here for entertainment. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit just because he's in the Bible, but we don't really want to go any further. We are a spirit-led church. Everything that we have done to this point and to this date is spirit-led. And everything we haven't done was spirit-led. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Hear me now. There are times where God, by the Holy Spirit, will tell you what to do. But there are also times where the Holy Spirit will tell you what not to do. And I've seen people that they can't say no. And the Holy Spirit was telling them, you didn't need to go do that. I didn't tell you to implement that. I didn't tell you to go that direction. I didn't tell you to do that. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, bold and, and brash as the pastor of this church, I'm not obligated to do everything that people bring to this church. Every function, every event, every ministry, we've got to do what God's called us to do. That's one reason why we have operated and designed our outreach ministry in such a way where we partner with others. Because I'm not here to replace what Options Now is doing. And I'm not here to replace what LAMP is doing. I'm not here to, to, to if God instructs me to, to do that, then we will. If he instructs me to feed the homeless, but guess what? There are ministries, effective ministries, that are called to do precisely that. And we can come alongside them.
But I've seen people get off course because they do too much. They feel like they got to do everything. Everything you say yes to means you have to say no to something else. Live with that in mind. Okay, if I say yes to this, I'm going to have to say no. It's going to compromise something else. But when you listen to the Holy Spirit, He will instruct you to do things that will not compromise. The Holy Spirit will never instruct you to implement anything that will compromise the overall vision and mission and effort. He won't do it. The Holy Spirit and God are one. The Holy Spirit said, everything I hear, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, He will hear from the Father, and that's what He'll tell you to do. That's what He'll tell you to say. That's where He'll tell you to go. Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit as our leader, as our guide, as our teacher. He's not just there for the fun and games, for the showy stuff. He's there to lead you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. All the way on through.